Testing, testing. Hello, Ooh, hello. We're rolling, Haley. That was sweet. This is, this is, you're asking me questions? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Flipping it around a little bit. <laughs> so, uh, so today on The Eric Lang Show, very excited to introduce our first movie star. True. Haley, you were nominated for an Academy Award. That's right, yeah. Uh, and, uh, but of all the films you've done, you know, AI, Forrest Gump, and um, The Sixth Sense, I mean, people must look at, what do they look at? What do they talk to you about? Um, I think, yeah, some of those films from, from back in the day are, are probably what people remember me most for, uh, from, but, uh, and are you just like, yeah. please stop talking about that old no, news? No, I mean, it's, it's cool because those are movies I'm proud of. And, and with AI, I mean, that was a, a huge formative experience, uh, not just because of what we were doing, but because of the length of time it took. I mean, it's a movie that took, uh, more than a year uh, to work on from rehearsals at Steven's house to... You Whoa, know, at his house? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's one of the great and things. And you're, you're 16 from, at the time? Uh, no, I was 12. 12. But, so, and it's also an age where I'm starting to uh, just understand themes a little bit more in films. Right. The Sixth Sense is probably the first time I, I sort of plugged into those uh, older themes uh, as an actor and not just as a kid and everything. Um, but AI was, that's some, some heavy material. I mean, it was a spoiler, a spoiler alert from a film that's <laughs> eight, came out 18 years ago, but you know, it sort of deals with the death of all humanity and like the right. end of the world. And, you know, finishing that script for the first time was like, wow, okay. Like this is a new, uh, you know, sort of new frontier for me yeah. to work on. You're but, like yeah. in tears yeah. and your parents <laughs> are like, it's going to be okay. Just, just make that money, Haley. Just make that money. <laughs> Because I mean, you know, I think Elon Musk is working on part two of that right now. Right? I think he is. Yeah. Well, he's he's afraid of the robots. I mean, he's, yeah. he's wait. Zuckerberg's for them, and Musk is against them. Right. And where that's, does Haley that's stand? How I'm not particularly worried. I think we're going to do ourselves in long before that becomes a you problem. Think so? Do you think yeah. in our lifetime? Um, it's possible. I hope not. Because we yeah. had we had best-selling author Kelly Oxford on this podcast. She was one of our. She was our first guest. Yeah, is that true? Yeah, very first guest. Oh, very cool. first guest. <laughs> and Sorry, I totally she, turned my back oh, to you. Hey, <laughs> I know this is an audio medium, but <laughs> no, it's good. It's all good. <laughs> Everyone, say hi to Jeff. Jeff, you haven't been here in a while. I know. I've been absent for a while. Eric. You've been on the road for just running a while at the Masters. And, I've been trying to catch know. up with Haley. Oh, you went to the Masters. <laughs> I went to the Masters. Uh, that's so cool. We can't we can't talk about it because I went into great depth. But they have a everyone at home is listening and they're rolling their eyes. They have a lottery where if you're a media member, you get to play Augusta. What? Yeah. <laughs> and somehow this lucky asshole gets t- pulled. Oh my god! And so I got to play. Wow. How'd you do? I mean, I didn't have many expectations, but I played great. I had an 84. Oh, that's terrific. In yeah. tournament, tournament conditions, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, but you play a lot of golf. That's the most important thing. I am now. I, I moved to New York in 2006 to go to college. And for like 10 years, I didn't really play at all. I play right. occasionally with my dad over the holidays. New York's like death years, for golf. Yeah, there's good courses, but you know, you got either to belong to a place and or be prepared to drive an hour or two. And, yeah, you know, the Chelsea Piers, you know, robot thing coming out of the ground Love doesn't that. really keep your game in shape. But um, I've been working in LA more the last two years, so it's I've sort of caught the bug again and, and getting back into it. And so, but I guess actually, wait, I want to go back to the non-golf thing. So sure. you uh, you you went to college for. For golf, no. Uh, <laughs> Went to NYU for golf. Uh, NYU for uh, I studied Did experimental golf theater team? there. Uh, I don't know. We don't have a football team, uh, right? But um, yeah, Wait, I, is there an NYU basketball team? Yes, there is. There is. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Um, so you went for experimental theater? Yes, I did. Yeah. So I just Jeff and I were talking about you know what we're going to discuss with you, and I was like, what is it like to go to school having been nominated for an Oscar? 
I mean, it's it's cool because a lot of the people in that program had a lot more experience than I did with theater and all sorts of performance and everything. So it, it didn't feel weird or, or redundant or anything uh, to, to go and, and study that stuff because we did dance and choreography. We worked with the Merce Cunningham ballet people. Oh, wow. uh, we did Afro-Haitian dance. We did uh, a lot of vocal stuff and writing and self-scripting. And it was just a, a whole constellation of things that I had had, you know, almost no experience with beforehand. So right. it was, yeah, those definitely some of the best years of my life uh, in that program. I was just yeah. picturing the teachers being like, like, uh, like, uh, having a chip on their shoulder towards you or something. No, not at all. No? Um, no, I mean, I, I, I loved working with all those people. And then also, you know, at the time, uh, Sam Shepard was an advisor for the senior class, um, the year before I was a senior. And so he would be like stepping into rooms and everything. So it's a place where it's like, there's some, some really amazing people walking in there. Wow. So I, I did not feel in any way like, uh, <laughs> felt pretty far down on the totem pole. <laughs> did you, did you form a relationship with him? Uh, no, I, I spoke to him a couple of times. He was not uh, an advisor the year I was a senior, but he did come in and watch, classes occasionally and we had this great thing at ETW where once a quarter we'd have share day and all the classes would you know uh, do work for each other and everything and, and uh, you get to see what all the different classes had been doing and he would come in for that so right. it's pretty cool and I did not envy the students who had to do a scene from uh, True West in front of Sham Shepherd, Sam Shepard <laughs> whoa that would be the was cool, like, tall order super nerve wracking um, yeah it was Yeah, he passed away he did yeah, yeah I think last year yeah that's so sad it is yeah it's crazy how many like it, it, you wonder like because I feel like every year so many people pass away. Is it just now that like our news is getting more centralized or something? It's weird because 2016 really did feel like a massacre. Yeah. I guess it's it's because of Prince and Bowie, two people who yeah. were so full of life, and you didn't, you just didn't like put you know that together that someday that those guys would have to pass away. Yeah. Uh, I went to the uh, terrific uh, Bowie exhibition at the um, uh, Brooklyn Museum a couple weeks ago, and. It was, I think, something that started touring before he passed away, and they had to kind of adapt the end of it to sort of deal with with his passing. And they did a cool thing where everybody walked around with these headphones that would automatically Bluetooth into the thing you were looking at. So it would play a song or it would play some audio of him in an interview and everything. And there was just, it was awesome, but there was also just a really profound sense of sadness there because it was someone who was so alive and it's just not around anymore. So, right. Yeah. yeah. So, so you get into golf. Yep. How like so? You know the 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 joke is um, the life of a rock star is two AA meetings and a round of golf. <laughs> but like you know you're you're you know you got like a really successful career. How does golf fit into that? How did it how did it find you? My dad broke his knee uh, when he was in college by uh, breaking it the other way, like backwards, like hyperextended uh, his yeah completely. His foot way. touched his face, he shattered the meniscus and all that stuff. Um, and he was an avid tennis player when he was growing up, so he had to find a new sport. <clears throat> and one of his friends took him out on the golf course, and he was making fun of him the entire time. And by the end, he was like, I'm buying a set of clubs. He just no way. caught it immediately. So it predates my uh, career, even though golf works in nicely with working on location, because Saturdays and Sundays, it's a great thing to do. You can go out and play with people from the set. Um, but when we'd work on early projects, when I was probably starting when I was like eight or nine and including working on the sixth sense where me, my dad and the UPM actually, uh, won the, uh, uh, uh club 
not the club championship, the, the crew championship that we Amazing. had. Amazing. Um, I trying to remember the course we played out there in, uh, in Pennsylvania, but we would take my seven iron and a putter and I would just, you know, practice from a hundred yards in and everything. And about the time of the six cents, I got a full set of clubs. So that was in the contract. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All I want is a set of Callaways. <laughs> so like, that must be, you know, because we were talking about um, Samuel L. Jackson has it in his rider. Have you heard this? Yeah. Yeah. I've played his tournament a couple times. He's, oh, have you? He's very good. Yeah. At uh, Mountain Gate, right? Uh, no, actually. Or in the London? One that he did in London and then once in Switzerland. Uh, right. Of course, in Bad One for Cats. the boys. And uh, Yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah. And then one year it was for the Red Cross. But yeah, yeah, he does a great tournament. He, so, yeah. but in his rider, it's like uh, you have to buy him a membership at the closest country club. At, to, on to set. That's really pretty cool. Increase the budget of every movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're like, we, we can't work anywhere yeah. close to Augusta. <laughs> <laughs> that would be We're challenging. Moving the production to Kansas. So, oh, look at this yeah. little nine-hole course. That's the only option here. Have you heard of pitch and putt? Yeah. <laughs> right. No, but he's a serious golfer. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah. Would you? Would you? How? What, what is your seriousness level in golf? Um, it, it was gone for a while. Just because out New of a geographic necessity. I feel like I need to say yeah. that I have a lot of friends in New York, Ashley Mayo being one of them, you know, writer for Golf Digest. The, New York doesn't kill your golf game. It just changes it. I mean, yeah. there are lots of ways you can still play given it's nice out. Yeah. But you, did you play at all, like Beth Page or anything like that? No. I went and, and watched the 2009 U.S. Open there, oh, uh, wow. which was a great time. Wow. Rainy. And that, slip, yeah. slip and slide. And my friend who I went, went with had a big, wide-brimmed white hat and a flowing white dress. Oh, no. And you have to like go through the woods on oh, every no. hole, and it's muddy. And she kept the thing spotless all day. It was, Whoa. The, it was the best sporting uh, feat of the weekend. But that was also <laughs> the last Tiger event before everything went down at the end of that year. So right. it was kind of like, oh, that was yeah, it was only the, six the months later yeah. that the six iron went into the suburban. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did you make of that? Because um, I mean, because you hear you you're you. Where did you grow up exactly? Uh, Los Angeles. I was born here. So here you're you grew up in L.A. You're a celebrity at eight years old. I mean, it's true, right? I guess I suppose. Like you're walking around and people are like, "Hey, that's the guy that sees dead people." Yeah, a little bit. But the thing is, is that at that age, like I was pretty much just going to school. And doing eight-year-old things. So it, it, it didn't really sink in in that way until much later. And it was nice because um, the movies I was doing weren't really for the age group that, that I was there. Oh. So there wasn't that kind of, you know. So you're not, not, your not all the 11-year-olds in my fifth grade class had gone out and see that movie. Some of them had. Right. That, uh, yeah. Well, also probably you, you're, I think the, all of us, at least, you know, Jeff and us, the three of us, at least, I don't know about you listening, but the, you we've been lucky enough to be like straddling two worlds, right? Like pre-cell phone, pre-Instagram. Absolutely and, right, yeah. You know, and now it's like people just walk up to you with a phone. And it's it's not even if you're in the public eye. I think it's just made... I think they did a study. They're like, yep, it made our lives worse. Like, <laughs> I think specifically Facebook, they were like emotionally, like Whoa. ego-wise. It's just, it makes you feel, it makes you feel worse. Um, but so yeah, that, that explains was, it. That was a huge thing even through college for me because I didn't get a smartphone until I was 25 years old. That wasn't Whoa. getting photographed constantly. Still, quite hadn't taken on in, in uh, right. my years in college. Wait, how old are you getting, now? Uh, I'm 30. Wow. So wait, you got your first cell phone five years ago? No, I mean, first smartphone. The thing oh, that okay. really a flip phone didn't really, you know, making calls <laughs> sure. and texting occasionally didn't really upend our lives the way that you know social media has. Yeah. And I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I was finally co- not coerced, but finally encouraged to uh, start doing uh, social media just in 2015 because. 
it's really the most effective way to promote things now. Sure. And they're like, if you want to get people to see this stuff, you kind of have to do it. So, the, so you were pushing yeah. it from a business angle? Yeah. Do you yeah. enjoy it though? Do you enjoy Instagram or whatever you use? I feel like with Twitter, there's this illusion that I feel really up to date on the news and things. <laughs> and I feel like I'm doing something good, but I think ultimately I should try and phase it back to where it was before I uh, signed up for Twitter just because I can feel it shortening my attention span. Definitely. Right. And like, I have like 85 tabs open on my phone of longer articles. I'm like, I'll get to it on the weekend. Yeah. But I'll scroll through Twitter for an hour you right. know, sitting in the airport. Snacking. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a snacking. It is. Yeah. Jeff, do you use Twitter? Uh, I don't. Yeah, me neither. I've gotten into Instagram a lot lately just because you know, you've been using it so much. I've inspired you? Yeah, you've... I have stock <laughs> in Instagram. my wife loves Instagram. She's addicted oh, really? to stories, so... Yeah, that one seems thing. more benign. Like, just, you know, the occasional photograph. Yeah. You know, that, that always seems a little... Well, when I was talking, I played golf. Yeah. Uh, how many... Have you played all the courses in L.A.? Um, a good number of them, yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, and as I'm sure you've you talked about course. Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, that's great, because that's my member there. Oh, terrific. We can go play Let's there. Let's go play, dude. All right, Definitely. podcast over. Yeah. <laughs> are, are you, I, before I forget, are you excited about seeing the uh, LA Country Club get opened up to the public for oh, the U.S. Open? It's going to be I can't insane. Wait to see that. Yeah. It's going to be insane. Yeah. I can't wait. So, so I, they're notorious for keeping it closed. Oh, yeah. And yeah. particularly to people from the entertainment industry. Like, oh, they won't totally. give out mem- uh, memberships to people from Yeah. <laughs> I tried to wear my CAA pants, and they wouldn't let me in. <laughs> I think you made it worse by doing that. Yeah, I altered all, all my Callaway clubs to say CAA. <laughs> They're not even my managers. There you go. Uh-oh. Um, well, I've, I've gone on so many tangents already, but um, the uh, where where were we? Oh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, something? I can't remember. Oh, the, the whole world coming to an end and whether that's likely or not. Right, yeah. right. Do you believe in simulation? Uh, oh, the simulation theory? Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, sure, it's possible, but... Right. What could we do about it if it was true? <laughs> well, I guess you could t- you could become Neo. That's don't you think? That's true. You just, I could just start picking up payphones yeah. until something could like play into it like a character in a video game. Yeah. <laughs> if if it, if it was a simulation, Lawrence Fish would walk in right now and he would say, "Don't think." Yeah. <laughs> do. And I would like run upside down. Yep. So since that hasn't happened yet, mm-hmm. it's not. It's, we proved it. Yep. I believe it's a simulation. Yeah. Partly. That everything's just too unlikely to, to happen by accident. Well, do you have a lot of coincidences in your life? I feel like you're probably a pretty lucky person. You've had a lot of good luck. Definitely lot. feel lucky. Yeah, definitely feel very fortunate. But I don't know about coincidences, though. Not, nothing that it seemed like it symbolized some greater some greater purpose or anything like that. Right. Yeah. You know, I don't get that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get that either. I just, I, I, I just get like weird. Like, like, for example, I was talking to a friend the other day, yeah. and they, they were talking about the most interesting man in the world. Yeah. The right? Dos Equis guy? Yeah, the Dos Equis guy. Okay. And then, I, and then Jeff and I walked in an office an hour later, and there was a cardboard cutout of the most interesting man in the world. Wow. So that was kind of weird. <laughs> so, so for me, Well, that my just, friend once had a cardboard cutout of Danny DeVito holding up a glass of limoncello, so who knows? There you go. There and you go. he's a member at Lakeside. <laughs> he is, yeah. <laughs> uh, of all the courses. In, so, yeah, I'm excited for da, 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 L.A. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I, think the, I think the pros are going to have a hard time with it. It's a tough track. Yeah. From I I don't know if I actually found real photos of it online. They do keep the layout under wraps, but it looks pretty tough. Yeah. It's going to be insane. Well, yeah. I, so I went and played, my first time I played there, I played with a member and his friend who's a web.com player. Mm. Um, and uh, we were walking up to the first tee and they said, well, what do you want to play? You know, what, te- what tees do you want to play? Yeah. And the web.com guy was like, let's play the plates. And I was like, ooh, I've never heard of the plates. That sounds relatively easy. And the plates are not even a tee box. They are just the farthest back yardage that is humanly imaginable. <laughs> and I think it's like 7,600 yards. Oh, my God. And I mean, the course is going to play to a par 70, I think. 
So we had, I had three woods into like four par fours. Wow. It was crazy. That's one where it could be like a plus score that wins it, you know, like, Whoa. like a miners that one year. Well, and that's like, why do they try to do that? I, I guess I kind of like it, but I also just, I want to see them like just thrash a golf course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, yeah, the, the, the golf video game version of it, yeah. you know, but, um, I just feel like everybody's becoming so superhuman on the tour that they sort of start to have to thinking uh, start to, start to have to think about ways to make it harder. The way they were talking about like Tiger Tees back in the day when right. he was crushing everybody, you know, so it doesn't become too one sided. Um, yeah. Oh, speaking of Tiger, I remember where we were gonna go. Is so you grew up in L.A. Mm-hmm. and you know you're kind of it sounds like maybe not as much as you might think involved in this like you know celebrity world, but like seeing what happened to tiger like you know what was your take on that personally i guess the result of being in some way involved in that culture of of celebrity and stuff like that has led me to try and not look into people's personal lives too much really whatever happened and you know obviously having sympathy for the people who really got hurt in that situation um you know that it's really none of my business and i just try and think of him as a as a golfer basically no matter how salacious the stories get (laughs) that's good yeah because, you know, I was funny because um, I don't know. You know, I love Morrissey. Yeah. Oh, tough week. Tough week. Tough week. Yeah. Wait, did something new happen this week? Yeah. Wait, what happened? You know, he just said some some nasty things about the mayor of London and, and oh. immigrants and stuff. It was not a, not oh, a good week for shit. Morrissey and Smith fans. So I was already kind of what miffed. What were you thinking of? I was already miffed because he's like <laughs> anti-me too. Uh, yeah, that too. Yeah. And anti-meat. Anti-meat. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy! I saw him that that year at Coachella where he goes. I he said something like, um, "I smell meat on the air. I sure hope it's human meat." And then he walked Whoa. off the stage. Whoa! And didn't play. And didn't play. Oh Jesus! Nice. Yeah. He's uh, yeah. yeah that's he still a, got paid. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a good strategy. Jeff has a lot of experience in manager. Just good. But yeah, I mean, that's an interesting way to look at it, and it probably makes you happier. Yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, obviously nobody can completely, I mean, I still read about it and stuff like that, but it's just crazy that that combined with his physical ailments took someone who you're like, oh, he's going to get Nicholas's record in the next couple of years. And it just came to a screeching halt. But looking at his swing in the last couple of tournaments, it looks like he's sort of embraced his age now and is not trying to kill the ball in every shot. And yeah, um, he kind of looks like he's trying not to poop. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just think it's a weird world where Tiger Woods isn't like playing good golf. Like right. it just doesn't feel right if he's not playing good golf. Yeah. yeah. So you must have had some incredible golf experiences in your life. Yeah. What sticks out to you? Um, mostly the random courses I got lucky enough to play. There's a course in Venice on an island that still has um, uh, pillboxes from World War II in it, and you hit from island to island and it's just the, the, the craziest, like it's like an unlocked video game course where, you know, it's like this secret, secret tract. Uh, Whoa, I played that. that. Should be an yeah. I've never golf. heard of this. Dude, you should check that out. Yeah. I've I can't never remember what it's it. called. It might just be the Venice country club in Italian or whatever. Uh, but, Venezia um, country club. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I love that was it. a cool one. I played uh, Narita country club in Tokyo once too. And oh, wow. that was, uh, was really trippy because it kind of seems like Georgia a little bit because they have these really tall pole pines and it's really humid. Um, but you were just showing me, oh, I, I guess I don't want to spoil something if you, you're... Uh, no, no, you can talk about it. Everyone the knows. The goat caddies, you know, an unusual way for your clubs to get around. In Japan, it was an automated little four uh, uh, club set machine that made music and it would trundle along in front of you. Right. And the caddies would jog alongside it and just jog as far ahead as they could each time. You're like, okay, like, don't worry. I didn't know it made... It makes music? <laughs> yeah, it would go... 
as it went down the what down as the, like uh, as like a warning to not hit it I, that's probably why yeah Whoa. i never thought about that till now <laughs> okay, i've played golf in japan like a handful of times and honestly i mean i feel bad saying it because i love to travel and i love to experience new things but i did not like it no i was just like the guys course? it's six hours later Oh, it, oh! It took a long time. It took to so play. long, and it's an hour outside of Tokyo. And I guess the but way I look at the same course was that Narita. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I definitely played Wakasu, which is on a landfill, like not near Narita. Yeah, but yeah, I, I don't think I played Narita. But you know, it was a mandatory lunch break. Did you yeah. do that? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you go into the little glass uh, glass hut. Yeah. You have a Picari sweat, that Gatorade <laughs> drink. Have you had Picari sweat? Have you heard of it? No, it's no. actually delicious, but it says sweat on the yeah. can. Oh, if you're drinking a can of sweat, and it's like and it's white, the same color as sweat. So like, <laughs> yeah. why, why is it a mandatory lunch that they make? Wait, but first we have to get oh. a Picari sweat. <laughs> so, <laughs> Picari sweat tastes like salt. It's salt. Well, it's it's, it's like Fresca kind of. It's got a little bit of a grapefruit. Oh, you had did you had a, a fizz, fizzy or no? Yeah. Whoa. Oh no, not fizzy. Yeah, like I thought like it was salty, like like Pedialyte or something. Well, so yeah. one of my one of my favorite producers I ever worked with, we were in Japan, and I don't drink, but. That everyone else does in the world and so we were out late and we were all hammered and i was like i asked my japanese friend i was like what is picari sweat and he's like oh it's he's like it's weird <laughs> and i was like great so i got a huge bottle and like my friend Faye was like you know thirsty yeah i was like you want some water <laughs> and she was like what's she just chugged it and like threw it all out uh, like because it's because it's pretty salty I if think. you're not expecting that <laughs> if you think you're getting water it's a bad time yeah it was a well, bad that was like and i've i've since made a 180 on this but the first time i had uni the sea urchin sushi yeah thing, it was presented as a dessert and as oh, ice no. cream so I dug into that, the oh. gonads of the sea urchin, expecting like mango ice cream, and it was like, put me oh. off for a while. It's, no, I love it's, it. It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty salty, or what is it even? I, it's like, I think technically it's a umami flavor thing. It's, it's mm, hard to describe. The fifth but, sense. Yeah. <laughs> Haley's <Hayley's> getting... Uh, <laughs> I'm taking them out of my life one at a time. <laughs> Brilliant. That's good. Yeah. Do you go to Umami Burger? Uh, yeah, the one in New York. I, I live pretty close to you. So, right. Yeah. yeah so where do you live one. in New York? Uh, I live in the West Village. Oh, nice. Yeah. Best neighborhood. I love it there. Yeah, yeah. best. Because you're kind of like uh, not in the main artery. No, but you still have access to where you need to go until they shut the L down next year. And who knows what that's going to turn. How long is that going to be? I think it's going to take two years. To oh my God, hipsters are just going to start like crawling. <laughs> What's well, they happen? said they're going to introduce some rule where you can't go over the Williamsburg Bridge unless you have a minimum of three people in your car or something. So what? that's going to really radically Whoa. change the is way it, people get around. Is Bloomberg still the mayor? Uh, no, it's a Bill de Blasio. Wow. Yeah. That's how long I've been gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when did you move out? Like nine years ago. Oh, yeah. And I lived there for a while, but it was before I played golf. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so okay. You, you just started playing golf in the last decade, and you shot an 84 at Augusta. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> well, I, I have an extraordinarily addictive personality. And so I got into golf when I was uh, 29, and I'm 37 now. And mm. so, yeah, like I just freaked out for it. Yeah. Like, you know, have you ever, um, I, I don't know, I guess I have some friends who are pretty significant drug addicts, <laughs> and now they don't do drugs anymore, and... We always joke about like if you could just pile up. It's like I can't tell you who I talk about this with, but it's really <laughs> funny if I could tell you. Um, but we talk about having a table, and if you could just put all the drugs you've ever done on that table, and you could just see like all the joints, all the bowls, all the all the coke, all the whatever. You know what I mean? And I'm 
I feel like I've gone too far with this, but anyway, <laughs> I think about it with golf. Like if you could have, if you could look at all the money you've ever spent in and around golf, like it's pretty up there. Yeah. It's an expensive sport. Yeah. yeah. But even that it's just, it's just addictive. Like you're just like, Oh, I'll buy that. I'll buy this. Yeah. And, and it's amazing because I guess it's, it's also like, like drugs. I hear that, <laughs> I hear. Um, <laughs> that you, you can have so many bad golf experiences and you hit one good shot. You're like, I'm coming back tomorrow. I'm, like, I'm I, hooked it, again. It's that feeling of just getting a really pure sh- uh, shot in there. Uh, yeah. So do you get like free clubs or what do you, do you have to pay? What do you I've had the same set of clubs, uh, gosh, probably like 12, 13 years. Whoa. Um, and that's how little I played in that. You're like that a purist. Decade. But I did get to go down to the Callaway uh, facility and get like, like fitted for them. Oh, so that's they, great. They worked for a good long time. Yeah. That's great. We yeah. were just on the phone with Callaway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coincidence. There you Trying go. to squeeze I, some money I, out of their I dead did, hands. I did uh, replace my putter at one point and I, I had like a weird two ball the the ghost or something and I was getting a lot of cracks for that club on the course so yeah I was like I'm gonna go get I don't like this putter anymore I'm gonna go get another putter I went to Roger Dunn messed around for you know 30 minutes or so found one that I liked and turned it over and it was the different ghost I was amazing like, okay, well, I guess we're, we're destined to be together I mean but this the, this again goes back yeah. to your film career <laughs> <laughs> it's the same one though that's uh, that Phil uses um, and it's what he uses in his little short game books so I was like oh this is kind of helpful right same putter head there right <laughs> Phil is a legend yeah Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. Favorite golfer? Oh, uh, gosh. There's so many. It's okay. Uh, you don't have to tell me. It's really hard to think about it because it there's so many tournaments where I could look at the top... 10 and go like I'd be happy with yeah all these guys I'm the same yeah I'm sorry I asked that question no it's okay I fucking hate I hate when people ask me that question (laughs) Jeff do you have any questions uh well I was curious the concentration that you put into acting how do you compare that to the concentration playing a round of golf it's very similar I think that that might be another reason why uh so many people in the entertainment industry play is there's particularly with acting there's this thing where there's a lot of thought that's had to go into a scene and you've had to memorize a lot of lines and, and you have the, to incorporate the, the technical things, the awareness of the camera and all that. But when you actually do it, your mind kind of has to be completely blank and ready to take in what happens with the other performers in the scene. And it's like that with golf too, where it's like if you're thinking in your backswing, it's not going to wind up well. You just kind of have to have that, you know, like I remember when... Uh, uh, I think it was Kevin Na was like freezing up in his mm-hmm. backswing and everything. And it was just like, yeah, you can just see so many thoughts going through your mind. And right. That's the, the lifelong uh, journey you have to make as an actor or a golfer, I imagine, is having that kind of uh, zen space. So yeah. how do you experience like anxiety or nerves? I, I'm not too much of an anxious person and I'm not sure why, but um, it's nerves have never been too much of a, of a problem for me. I mean, there's the good kind of nerves and you never want to be completely you know, cold as ice going into a situation because that energy can be really helpful for you, particularly on stage. Um, really? But, uh, yeah. How? I, I would think it would, I think I would just like forget everything. Yeah. It, that, that's a possibility, but the nerves kind of focus you in a way too. I mean, it's, the, it's adrenaline. It's how people lift up cars and stuff and, you know, in, uh, uh, auto accidents when, you know, somebody's trapped underneath when, when you have that fight or flight thing going through your veins like you can kind of almost be more focused you become kind of sort of superhuman for a a short amount of time sick (laughs) 
it could almost bring that back to the sixth sense, but I'm not going to. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to. Well, favorite person you've worked with? I mean, just so many legends. Uh, Steven is definitely, uh, definitely one of my favorite Steven people. Spielberg, too. Steven Spielberg. Yeah, because it's, it's not Steven Avery, the murderer. It is in this town. You can call him Steven in this town. Everybody, everybody knows yeah. him. But, Mr. Uh, S. <laughs> Dr. S. He, uh, uh, I, I would love to, to direct someday. Um, cool. And watching him do that even at age 12 was just such a big learning experience. Of how, and, and he's an example of someone who was very even keeled and calm throughout this incredibly stressful experience for, you know, for, for everybody. Um, you know, to, to, to manage hundreds of people. And also he started shooting... Minority Report before we were done with AI, Whoa. so he was able to keep those two things in his brain at the same time. I, that I, that might be second to him editing Jurassic Park while he was shooting Schindler's List. Mm. Can you imagine doing those totally two a little totally different, different things at the exact same time? Yeah. Like, and they both the, turned into and, masterpieces. Yeah, and they both are, are ex- excellent yeah. movies. Yeah, that's and then so. his third film is where the dinosaurs go into a concentration camp. <laughs> Not funny. Not funny. Um, but, <laughs> sorry. But watching him work was, was, was pretty amazing. And he's also someone who, who has, since he started uh, in the industry, really genuinely cared about having it be like a safe and family-friendly environment on set. Um, and so that part of that was, you know, we, me and Jude Law uh, and Francis O'Connor went and uh, rehearsed at his house in the Hamptons for, for a little bit. Uh, getting to know each other. So by the time you start working with all the bells and whistles and the CG and the cameras flying on wires, you just feel very comfortable and safe. So Right. Yeah. See, but now I have a question. How the fuck do you hang out with Jude Law? That guy is like an 11 <laughs> out of 10. I mean, you're a good looking guy. But he, owned, like, he owns the Jude, box in, a, in a New York. He's a pretty cool guy. <laughs> Jude Law. I mean, he's too good looking. Uh, yeah. It's he's, like, he's it's like I think man. I would just immediately get depressed. <laughs> <laughs> and he spent three hours every morning on that movie getting an even sharper jawline. Did he really? Uh, yeah. Okay. I had oh, he was like a gigolo. Yeah, right? he yeah, was yeah. a yeah a like pleasure with, model with makeup. Yeah. You mean? Uh, yeah. Well, they. I think there was a, a really subtle prosthesis going in Whoa. and just sharpening things because he was technically an older model robot than I was. So we had to have a bit of contrast between us. Right. Not that there wasn't already contrast. <laughs> um, right. But I had an hour of uh, a really fine airbrush, just putting layers of plasticky stuff on me to Whoa. give me that artificial look. And he had three hours every morning. So, so I'm going to call yeah. my assistant and tell her to give me three hours of prosthetic <laughs> jaw next time we have a video. And then we're going to play 36 yeah. holes yeah. In, in the summer heat in, in California. Just give me the Jude Law jaw. <laughs> That's all I need. Jeez, you know, when I watch that movie, what's the movie where they're like, the four people get together? The Holiday? You see that one? I just wish oh, you'd stop to watch the movie where the four people get together. <laughs> the Goonies? Breaking Away? Every movie ever. Avengers? So. Avengers? <laughs> I think that's 400 people in yeah. this upcoming movie. Yeah. <laughs> Have you gone to that 4DX theater downtown where the oh, seats the seat, fly it's around? Like riding around? It's like on a Disneyland ride. Yeah. yeah. Some, some movies integrate better than others, but the, the last Captain America one... They dropped snow on you. No. They had the smell of cordite when guns no. were going off. It was really impressive. I'm going. Yeah, it's fun. I'm going. Yeah. So speaking of Spielberg, and uh, I, I feel like I need to apologize for my comment about <laughs> concentration camps. It's not funny. Well, you know, he, he plays close attention to golf podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. Here's the thing. Like, I, I, you know, I just say things I don't filter. So if it offended anybody, I'm deeply sorry. Um, but Band of Brothers, have you, have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah, so and he's that's a Spielberg thing. Yes, it is. Yeah. And anyway, I just thought of that. It's 
my love for that should hopefully cancel out any other people who might think that I'm anti-Semitic. And Private Ryan too. Like I'll go back and look at those sequences sometimes, just because he he has this instinct for action that's that's just crazy. And somebody told some story where they had that sequence in Private Ryan where they uh, end up arguing about whether to execute that last German guy. And there's the big uh, uh, radio antenna and everything. Right. And they said he got to set and the sun was in the wrong place that they had anticipated, and it totally ruined all their angles. And he was like, I just need to take a walk. And he went and took a walk for like 15 minutes. And he completely reimagined that scene to have it from uh, Upham's perspective through the through the, uh, the binoculars down uh, there and just completely changed the scene after a 10-minute walk. And you're like, okay, yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a master. Genius. <laughs> you know, Paul Thomas Anderson has an NYU story. He does? Oh, was that when he, with the mammoth thing? Uh, oh, yeah, he submitted the scene from Hoffa. Yeah. And the guy didn't recognize. I gave him an yeah. F. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even worse, I think he gave him like a B. He was okay. like, this is okay. Like, this is, right. But didn't he also get a strong reaction? Didn't he also drop out, get his money back, and then go make uh, Sydney? Yeah, I think I think that's what he did. I just love that. Yeah, I just love he's, movies. He's amazing. Did you like uh, Phantom Thread? Uh, did I like Phantom Thread? Well, I saw it on a plane, and I was on Xanax, so oh. you know. I like what I remember of it. I liked. Um, Daniel Day Lewis is not on Xanax in that movie. <laughs> it's very high strung. I remember having a hard time with it. I remember. I remember wanting more. It's not a friendly movie, but the the craftsmanship is so good. And also, I'm a big Radiohead nut, so Johnny Greenwood's score is so yeah. amazing in that. Yeah. There's a lot of things like uh, that great Joaquin movie that just came out. Um, you were never really here. You seen that? I haven't seen. Oh it. yeah, it's I heard really, really good. Really yeah. good. But that's a Johnny Greenwood score. There's things that he does where you'd be like, oh, okay, I recognize this person. And it's awesome, but it's recognizable. And in Phantom Thread, it's like he's he's doing stuff like Bill Evans and like right. these great mid-century composers where if you didn't know beforehand, it would be really hard to identify him because he does this right. crazy thing. Well, they him. broke news with um, There Will Be Blood, right? Johnny Greenwood yeah. did that, and it was just like you were on nails the yeah. whole time. That was so good. I think that's one of the hard things probably. Like It, it may even be a, an allegory to golf with like, you know, when you look at uh, any creative person, right, and you look at their work and you're like, but There Will Be Blood was just an incredible masterpiece. And so it's kind of like, what's your best round? Like, you're like, well, this is two years ago. I shot a 70, you know, whatever. And he's first seen Boogie Nights, uh, Magnolia, That's, yeah. oh, There man. Will Be Blood. Boogie Much Nights is my love. favorite. Jeff's on IMDb yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> just, <Yeah. laughs> Sydney, see the greatest showman. Oh, that's a bad. <laughs> Wait, I like the greatest showman. I didn't see it yet. Oh, it's so good. Like it's super Hugh Jackman, inspiring. Though. Yeah, Hugh Jackman is like like who's like Hugh Jackman is like a fucking actor. Oh yeah, yeah. He can, he can, he can do it all. You're, you're yeah, obsessed with both. I love the Rock yeah. and Hugh Jackman. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He Jackman totally has straight. like that skill set that you needed like in the early days of movies. You had to sing and dance and be right. a host and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Did you see that clip of him? Doing ADR for uh, for Logan, I think it was. No, but it's just him. It's like him running up a, a, a hill or something, and he's going full out in the little studio, going. Ah, ah. It's really cool. <laughs> Dude, he owns that. He does. He owns that role. Yeah, man, man that's, that's so movie. good. Yeah. Like, uh, what do you? Uh, so, so okay. So, you, you, how often do you play golf? 
Now, um, I try and play every Saturday morning with my dad somewhere. So that's that's really gotten me back into it. We have a weekly game now. And, so. and where does your dad live? Uh, he lives in uh, Pasadena. Okay. And we, but we try and get around to a lot of different courses. Uh, honestly, if you go out early on Harding now, it doesn't take six hours to play. Harding can work. And you, the you're conditions talking, are good right now. You're talking early, though. Like, yeah, 6, 6.30. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like uh, you can actually go off a half hour before sunrise, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's I think it's slightly, like, that's almost too early for that's me. That's a little aggressive. <laughs> but uh, we played Knollwood recently. Okay. Uh, that's a good one. Really so you like public golf? Out. Yeah. And just, I mean, even Angeles National, I think, technically, it's a good is a course. public course. That, that's, that might be my favorite in LA. Really? Uh, yeah. Because I don't belong to the country clubs. So right. We used to belong to uh, to Oakmont, which is a great Nice. Uh, great I've course. never played it, but I've heard a lot about it. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. I. Um, but yeah, then I moved to New York and... and uh, uh, we weren't able to play as much anymore. Are you yeah. considering joining a club or definitely someday, but right. right now I'm still in New York about half the time. So right. it doesn't quite make sense yet. Right. And, and the public courses really do scratch the edge for me right now. And until I get my game a little bit better too, like I don't right. want to be going out there. Cause I'm a big fan of like, you know, I was never a country club guy. And the fact that I'm literally able to say to you that I'm a member of a country club surprises me every minute that I'm thinking of it, That's you know? Awesome. And so like, I don't know. I think public golf is really big. You know, it was just the other day I was looking up, um, of the 15,000 courses in America, uh, 12,000 of them are public. That's great. I, I feel like that number's off, actually, as I repeat it. it may be, <laughs> Somebody's going to be checking your math somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a lot of fact checkers yeah. out there. So uh, let me know. Definitely. No, but, but I, I definitely am going to join someday. And, do yeah. that. and the big thing, honestly, is it's, it's, a great, it's great to have a course uh, that nice. The practice facilities are really yeah. big. Because that's a tough thing to get in right now is finding some... Some practice facility that isn't either slanted like this sure. or, you know, super crowded. So the funny yeah. thing for me is, and I don't, you know, I, I play a lot of, um, I play a lot of golf in all different types of situations. And, you know, I think for me, the, the, the most highlighted experience of playing at Wilshire at a, at a private course is, is the general, um, like communal nature and positive, like, Hey, how are you? Yeah. You know, and, and I think I don't, I don't know if I've changed, but I don't know. I'm trying to calculate how different that is at a public course. You know, I feel like yeah. a lot of times, and, and what's your experience? Um, if you play in the middle of the day, it can get a little crowded. And, and yeah. honestly, I think it can get, I'm pretty easy going. I don't care how fast we play, but you can see tensions develop between people if the round isn't playing, you know, isn't playing as fast as they'd like. Right. Um, or, but even like yeah. the starter sort of just being like, you know, I, I just have memories and maybe the, the negative ones stick out to me, but yeah. you have memories of sort of people being kind of rude or whatever it is, or, or even being a guest at someone else's private course. Like right. that's the worst. Oh yeah. Like you just feel like you asked them for a million dollars. You're walking on eggshells the whole yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny because actually the, my, the high, I think for me, one of the most interesting experiences of, of playing Augusta, ding, 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 was like, <laughs> <laughs> was like, was like, um, you know, they were like, we want you to feel like a member for a day. And so I was like, wow. you know, the first, I was there for like seven hours and the first half hour I was like super eggshell guy. And then I was like, no, man. You, they told you you're a member, just Every act day. like it. Yeah. And I, and I behave like a member so much that someone came up to me and said, uh, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> they're, like, they're like, you look way too comfortable. <laughs> You'd be looking around like yeah. this the whole time. Cause, cause you have this hour to get ready before you play. And I was like, I had all these plans about how I was going to hit balls and do this and do that. And instead I just sat on a bench and uh, they were like, you look way too comfortable. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. Have you, uh, have you played with a caddy? Uh, yeah. Yeah. How would time. you compare playing, you know, do you enjoy playing with a caddy, Eric? 
Um, well, I'm very cheap. Yeah. So no, <laughs> um, we have a great caddy program at Wilshire and I love, I love the caddies. That's what I like. It's like the staff and the caddies yeah. really make it feel like an ecosystem because yeah. everyone seems to be working together, you know? And, and like, there are some caddies there who've got the nicest teeth on earth. And then you find out that, oh, well, Mr. You know, Underhill paid for his teeth oh, wow. or so-and-so had surgery and that's because so-and-so paid for it. And so it's a really... It's like an incredibly generous atmosphere. That's cool. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. Like I like I said, I, I don't I typically just walk and carry my bag, usually in the super early mornings or late at night. Yeah. <laughs> Not late at night, but whatever. <laughs> Creep. <laughs> late at night. <laughs> Digging ditches. <laughs> Jeff, you wanna play golf? <laughs> um Jeff's getting into golf though. Yeah. yeah. Went to a driving range for the first Very time in cool. like ten years. I went to golf camp as a kid, but Nice. I'm like getting back into it. Thanks, Derek. That's right. great. Right. So now <laughs> I'm going to owe you. <laughs> so, so, so he gets a percentage of the podcast. I get a percentage of his debt of his future golf. <laughs> yeah. But if he gets a hole in one, I get all of it. Is it coming back to you? The, yeah, the swing and everything? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's such like a full body exercise. I mean, by the end of it, like, I mean, you're feeling it the next morning too. Yeah. It's like, you know, that pain all over. Yeah. Particularly if you walk. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I went and played with uh, Martin Starr recently uh, uh, from Silicon Valley, and he hadn't played in 10 years, and he was told me, he's like, I'm a natural athlete, don't worry. I'm like, all right, first couple holes, having some trouble. By the end of the round, he was playing better than me, and I was like, Whoa, we're not kidding. That's- <laughs> <laughs> Never seen anything like it before. That's crazy. <laughs> He'll get his, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that meme that's the rapper being like, I know I'll get got more than I get mine, but I will get mine. And it's like, it's like the oh, thought process yeah. behind laying up on a par five. Yeah. I can't remember it. Anyway, it was funnier when I read it. Some things should just stay online. What's your favorite Instagram account to follow? Oh, this elephant sanctuary in Thailand. Holy <laughs> so, shit. Okay, yeah. I was not expecting that. Yeah. Is it a lot like, of animal stuff. Is, is it like good. heartwarming? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's really nice. Are you yeah. vegan? Uh, no. Busted. It's a, it's a flaw. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't eat elephants. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, me too. <laughs> yeah. So you weren't here, but like my assistant came in and was like, hey, you guys want food? Yeah. And you got uh, Jeff and Colt who's editing. Uh, Colt is like four feet away from us and ignoring us. He's, he's, you may recognize Cole from the Vice commercials, and now we've got him editing. He's, he's quickly learning in his, in his way. So she comes in here, and she goes, uh, any of you guys want lunch? And, and weren't you guys like, uh, yeah, what are you going to get? And she does yeah. the, well, I'm vegan. <laughs> it's just, it's, so often comes with yeah. a note of sadness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm vegan, and I'm very disappointed in the way you live your life. <laughs> Have you heard the one? How, do you know when, uh, how do you know a hipster's vegan? Uh, when do you know? Oh, don't worry. They'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> they will. <laughs> so, somebody posted a picture yesterday of uh, a vegan croissant from activated charcoal. Ouch. Uh, that hurts both and ways. it was just a twisted black, like, <laughs> shit. Just, and, and on the sign, it was like, better than it looks. <laughs> it's it's just not appealing to me. Right. I mean, it's easier for people now than it was, I feel like, in the 90s. Because uh, I just remember my, my, my dad used to be really into health food. And just the options back in the day at Trader Joe's and everything were not quite as good as now mm. when there's, like, celebrity vegan chefs and all right. that stuff. So, right. Yeah, it's getting easier. They, uh, we had, I was reminded, so I went on a golf trip like a year ago or like nine months ago and I was hanging out with the guys that I was on the trip with a week ago and they were like, are you still vegan? And I was like, I was never vegan. 
And they were like, no, you were vegan last time we were on this trip. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. Oh, you'd been temporarily vegan? I tried it. Yeah. I actually did it for like a couple months. You know, I was inspired by uh, Djokovic, the tennis player. He's vegan? Yeah, man. Wow. And he's jacked. Yeah. He's basically uh, Hugh Jackman. He is. He's basically Logan. <laughs> <laughs> have you had the Impossible Burger? What is it? Oh, yeah, I have actually. What yeah. do you think? Tastes like meat. So would that convince you to uh, go vegan? If you could have that every meal? If you could give me a thousand Impossible Burgers, <laughs> I'll go yeah. vegan right it's now. It's the access. You know, they don't have it in the airport terminal or places like that. Yeah. <laughs> Part of the vegan thing is like, hey, if you've got a chef, yeah, easy to be exactly. vegan. Exactly, yeah. For, for people who can do that, I mean, it's it's not hard at all. But So what's you your know. most extravagant experience you've had in life? Like private jets, like being fed by someone else with, while laying down? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is it? <laughs> You know, it's it's been lucky, you know, but uh, yeah, occasionally, uh, you know, all for movies and stuff, all for, for press sure. and stuff like that. But some of those press tours that you do, that was when I played in Venice is, you know, we, right. I did this press oh, tour for, the film for, for AI where we flew around the world. Literally. Oh, geez. We went to Sydney, we went to Melbourne, we went through Malaysia to uh, Venice, to Paris, to Deauville, and then to New York and then back to LA. Whoa. And that was, and each time just, and on that Venice trip. Um, I got to sit next to Christiane Kubrick, uh, Stanley Kubrick's wife, Whoa. after having dinner with her and hearing all of her many amazing stories about him, Whoa. and then sat next to her and watched the movie, and that was kind of like the highlight of all of that. So, wow. Did she cool. tell you anything that you can't tell us? Uh, I don't think, I don't think it's a, a, too bad of a story, but apparently during the Cuban Missile Crisis, he was pretty sure it was going to go down and arranged for... Uh, a hotel uh, room for the family in uh, in Australia. Oh my god! And then they said that it was so booked that he's got to share a bathroom, and he's like, nah, nah. Yeah, I'll write it out. <laughs> so I decided to write it out. <laughs> yeah, can't share a bathroom. Fascinating. He's an interesting guy. Oh yeah, he's the man. Yeah. The thing that I thought was most interesting about Kubrick is he started off as a photographer. Yeah, very good one. All those those yeah. old photos he did for life, uh, you know, in his early twenties were were incredible. Yeah. And a huge tragedy, you know. Uh, you know, the, the tragedy of his death was that, um, according to people close to him, he had sort of gotten fed up with this uh, impression of him as a crazy recluse who mm. didn't want to fly or drive and was mulling over doing a little bit more, you know, coming to impress and stuff like that and, and leaving England and stuff like that. So there was this possible phase for him where we might have had a little bit more of a uh, an experience of him, you know, wow. other than seeing his movies that we all got to miss out on. So, yeah, yeah. You know, it's so crazy when you go, I've gone to see 2001 at the Arrow mm. a couple times and like the fanhood is so cool. Yeah. Everyone's like, I know more about this film than even he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At this point, we've had more years to, to study it. Yeah. That's coming back in like a month. Uh, they're doing the 70 millimeter print. Oh, wow. Uh, at the oh, with the Egyptian? Oh, with the Arclight? Yeah. Oh, because, the Cinerama do them. Uh, yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. But the, um, I, I can't, I can't really get down with that theater. It's too I don't warped. like it. I don't oh, like yeah, it. and it sounds weird on the I don't sides. Like it. Um, just give me a flat screen. But yeah, just a flat screen. Yeah. But um, they they did things to the print that were closer to what came out in the '60s because okay. you know, he was he was so specific with things that there was um, just certain uh, edits that needed to be done to restore it to that. So I'm excited. That'll be cool. Are you a big fan? Uh, yeah. yeah w- would you fan. say the biggest fan? 
Uh, I mean, or, or, <laughs> no, you've seen the fandom in this world, right? <laughs> well, I meant like, is that, I've said it wrong, but is that like, would you say you, that is... Oh, is he on my Mount Rushmore of directors? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I've yeah. never heard that, Mount Rushmore. Yeah. <laughs> Who else is? Um, Steven's up there for me, sure. uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, and that's just personal for me. I know that there's, you know, sure. dozens of directors that you could rank up there, but just movies that really you know, kind of reached out and grabbed me. And I remember when I saw Boogie Nights for the first time in high school and you're like, oh my God, like a movie can be this fun and like yeah. this adventurous and like, can just throw, you know, convention to the wind in so many ways. Like, uh, yeah, those, those three are big for me. Yeah. Yeah. And just like Boogie Nights, it's just like the master of the wonder. Yeah. Like you're just wanting oh every God. shot. Yeah. It's so cool. If you're, if you don't know what a wonder is, Google it. What, what comes up when you Google wonder? God. <laughs> The Oneaters from uh, <laughs> oh, that's good. That one Thanks, <laughs> yeah. D- does it does a wonder stress you out when you're making when you're shooting? No, and it's it saves time if you've planned it out really well. Yeah, because you don't have to shoot coverage. Right. So I really enjoy that. I mean, it's, it's it doesn't work for every uh, scene, but that'll that'll make a day go really fast if you've sort of designed that. And that's something that Steven is really good at. I mean, there's these, oh, yeah. and those are things that don't even feel like wonder. Kind of like uh, uh, Quaron with a lot of films where there's the big uh, I don't know Quaron. Uh, he did Gravity. Children of Men and Gravity oh, and Itumama I do know Quaron. And Itumama Tambien is full of these long takes that you don't even realize you've been watching for like 10 minutes without a cut. It just right. feels so natural and the moves are so subtle. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Children of Men is 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 a uh, a top 10 movie for me. That's too. a really good one. That's an Is that Clive film. Owen? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. good. That's dark. You like some dark shit. <laughs> you dark. Do you like horror movies? I do, yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm not an, an expert on them, but I do enjoy them. Yeah. Right. They scare yeah. me. I love The Babadook that came out a couple of years ago. That's, that's one yeah. of the scariest films that I think has come Have out. Have you seen it, Jeff? No, but I heard it's crazy. It's great. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Jeff, are you into horror films? Uh, I don't think bit. so. Really? I mean, Exorcist, I've seen. <laughs> yeah. Sixth Sense, of course, but uh, Craig, Craig Nelson, you. Craig T. Nelson's <laughs> oh, on the podcast. Craig T. Yeah. Nelson, Poltergeist. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a horror film, although it was kind of scary. That was Spielberg. Yeah, that was, Spielberg. That was yeah, yeah. Six Degrees of Spielberg. <laughs> That's big. How do you see? Do you talk to Steven at all anymore? That's another really impressive part about him is that he keeps in touch with the. It must be thousands of people yeah. that that he's worked with. But yeah, get you know get holiday cards and graduation cards and oh, that's great. some screenings from time to time. And, Do you text? Um, no, <laughs> I think somebody texts for him. Whoa, <laughs> that level. But yeah, how does Stephen roll? Do you know? Is he Maybach? What does he uh, like? I know he likes S-500. motorcycles. Motorcycles. Uh, yeah, that was a big thing for him. Are yeah. you? Do you? No, I, I would like to, but I feel like in this city, I would be dead pretty soon. They're like, so scary. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody cares. Yeah. You're a target, actually. The lane splitting is like, that's really convenient, but it's just amazing. Like, cars drift from side to side yeah. in those lanes. They're all on their like, cell phone. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. They're like... Look at, literally go, look <laughs> yeah. at this traffic jam I'm in. That's something I found myself doing when I'm completely stopped on the 405. I'll take a screenshot of Waze, which yeah. is just red death and yeah. alerts and yeah. crashes. Going, look at this And crap. you literally add to the traffic yeah. by, yeah. by creating a motorcycle accident. <laughs> it's so bad. It's yeah. so scary and it, it's only gonna get worse too i mean only they they sh- i mean i don't know if they should have i think it was that earthquake in 89 that scared them off from doing double decker freeways but like even oh. in the 80s they knew like we need double this amount of space whoa wait yeah. so in northridge there was a double decker freeway in la the i think it was loma prieta the the world series earthquake where it co- the double decker in, in oakland collapsed and right. killed dozens of people and they were like oh i can't do that maybe the double decker not a good idea. <laughs> scary. <laughs> yeah. So scary. Like, how funny is it if you zoom out and you're just like, 
like I I don't know. People are like, oh, the world's fucked. I'm like, no, no, we're doing great. Yeah, wait, wait 10, 20 years. Yeah. Well, because I'm just like, we're we're fucking monkeys. Yeah. I can't believe we got a car to start. You know That's what true. I mean? Yeah. Like, if you think about even just the simple combustion engine, like someone was like, okay, put a little gas here, and they get this again, and it's like. How does that even work? Oh, that flying is now nothing. <laughs> yeah. Something that you will just, you don't even realize you're doing it. You it's so fall. scary. I mean, we only started doing that a couple decades ago. And now That's it's true. like, eh, I flew to Japan today. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. I was in a plane <laughs> for like a day yeah. and I was, so, I was going so fast that I actually didn't even get to experience yesterday. Yeah. Because the time zone. I've done that where you leave Saturday night and arrive yeah. Saturday morning. Yeah. It's crazy. Or no, so when you go to Australia from here, we're going to leave... Uh, we leave Monday, we leave Sunday, May 6th at 10 p.m. And we arrive Tuesday, May 8th and the flight's 15 hours. You won't get that Monday. Yeah, you can't get that. never get it back. You could literally miss your birthday. You could. That'd be exciting. Yeah. Do you like your birthday? Yeah. It's in April. It's a good time of year. Oh, when is it? Did it just Uh, happen? April 10th, yeah. No shit. Yeah. Happy belated. Thank you very much. Sorry I didn't get you anything. That's okay. (laughs) There's still time. (laughs) Normally as a a guest, you get, uh, we make paleo cookies. Oh, cool. I was uh, wondering, where are those cookies? I don't, I just, uh, I'm sorry. I'll bake them up after. Do you have three hours? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, how are those made? (laughs) Well, what's funny is I, I think I fucked up the recipe. And so everybody's like, hey. What is the, what you mess with the recipe? Is it half a cup of coconut oil or a, or a quarter cup? And the difference is and profound. The, the truth is I actually don't know. Mm. So I'm going to need to unlock this and maybe it's good you're not having it. I don't know. Do you like cookies? Yeah, I do. I feel like we should pause this and yeah. I'll just go make some cookies. It, it does take, <laughs> anyway, we've, we've sent our homage to paleo cookies. Um, well, so wait, what were we talking about? You, oh, are you afraid of flying? No. Well, good for you. Yeah. Terrifying. Thanks. I worked on it. Jeffrey. <laughs> so you're going to act like you're not I, afraid of flying. I think it's, that's the irrational position is not being afraid of it. Because, right. you know, to, to be afraid to be locked in there or to crash, like, that, that makes perfect sense. Totally normal. Never happened to me. Like, if someone's afraid of sharks, yeah. by all means, they should be afraid of flying. Yeah. If someone's afraid of an intruder coming in their house, they should probably be afraid of flying. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not particularly afraid of sharks, but my friend and I thought it would be a great idea to go surfing at night in Hawaii. There's one like light Ooh. from the beach so you can see and see the shore and everything. Got out there, think it's going to be awesome. As soon know. as you're in the black water, it's two guys trying to pretend like they're not screaming <laughs> to get back to shore. We're like, hey, do you want to get another beer first? Like, yeah. Cool not being able to even see your own knees when you're floating in right. the water. <laughs> well, and that's when the sharks feed. Yeah. At night. Yeah. It's a good name for a movie. That's when the sharks feed. At night. <laughs> it's, a, it's the sequel? Yeah. At night. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, any more uh, intelligent questions? Well, I was just a little bit surprised. You're sort of afraid of flying. Terrified. Flying that you do. Terrified. Yeah. Any questions? Australia, is that a tough one? <laughs> so Australia, I find easier. Yeah. Because uh, the, the planes are big. That does make a difference. You know, and so the turbulence is a little less. Turbulence just makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. And then also, it's such a long flight that I can just completely check out. Yeah. AKA, you know, what is that? 150 milligrams of Xanax. Oh, that works. Probably. Yeah. I think that's about right. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, I'm just done. Yeah. I'm just done. And then when I wake up, I need, I, I, it's not jet lag. I just need to not, like, I just need to detox. Yeah. So. Oh, man, I got wrecked by jet lag the last time I was there. I was, like, in bed, and I felt myself, like, <laughs> almost starting to cry. And I was like, what? <laughs> what am I crying about? <laughs> Where your body is just, just like, stop it! <laughs> 
I don't want to be awake or asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So funny, yeah, dude. That, it's, that's, man, that is a bad experience. And, and sometimes with these press things, like they want you to get going the next day. And you're oh, like, yeah. I need like 36 hours to be able to function. Like, yeah, otherwise I'm going <laughs> to say some news-breaking yeah. shit. Well, that's a true <laughs> thing. When, trending. You, when you see people, oh, no, never want to be doing that. <laughs> trending. When you see people kind of say something ill-advised in those little press interviews with the right. press behind them, I was like, I know what happened. It was, just, it was hour eight, and they just started trying to amuse themselves. <laughs> Do you play little games during um, the interviews? Yeah. <laughs> so to, to give one, people at home an one idea. Was I was trying to sneak in Wu-Tang lyrics into answers. Oh, I didn't really great. succeed. It was harder than I thought. But... Um, uh, can you can you give the people at home an idea of what is actually happening during a junket? Is that was that what you're describing? Yes, yeah. They don't oh, they sorry, don't realize yeah. what it is. Um, basically, and it's gotten better, but but back in the day, and particularly in some of the films I used to do around the turn of the century, uh, you'd go to a hotel for three straight days, and each day from about nine a.m. to six p.m. You do dozens and dozens and dozens of three-minute interviews, and the questions are almost always the same three questions. So by the middle of the day, you're just going insane <laughs> and trying to trying to figure out how to make it sound fresh right. and sound right. new. And, Kubrick predicted and, this. And yeah, he yeah. did. But that's gotten better because most of those were local television interviews, right. and that's not as as useful to them anymore. So interviews like this are much more common now. We'll do more oh. like podcasts and stuff like that. Uh, and that's way more fun because you can have a real conversation and not just the three stock questions right. you know, before the next person comes in. Yeah, they, yeah. So, so you would introduce Wu Tang lyrics. Any creative memories? <laughs> like, no. I love this. No, people can find it if they can. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. And nothing's more fun than combing through dozens of tiny interviews on YouTube from <laughs> so five or good. ten years ago. Favorite Wu Tang <laughs> track? Oh, you're a fan. That's I'm assuming. A t- I love. Yeah. Tri- I'd like Triumph. Um, that's a great one. First, first record though. I mean, oh, the thirty six chambers. Boxing oh wait, chess boxing. And, yeah, uh, uh, the title I can't say. And <laughs> <laughs> Cream's a good one. Yeah, love yeah, that one. Classic one, and Ooh. and all like all those Ghostface records too, like Supreme Clientele, and right? Fish Scale and all that. Those were oh, okay. really big when I was in college. So. Any great uh, rappers you play golf with ever? No, rap and golf need say. more collab. That, that should that should yeah that should, that should be a collaboration. Because yeah. <laughs> I know, uh, well, Snoop doesn't really play golf. Yeah. I played golf with Nelly last week. Oh, that's cool. That was interesting until I realized that he's a rapist. Oh. <laughs> Yikes! I didn't see the news. It, no, it came out. There's like oh, multiple boy. people that have like talked about it. Oh man, I don't know if he's a rapist, but I but I didn't I didn't want to talk about it. Ah, see, I'm already talking about it. <laughs> this is why we should edit the show, Jeff. <laughs> anyway. Those of you at home, I'm just like you. I uh, played Pinehurst once. That was fun. (laughs) Turtle back greens, man. They're hard. (laughs) DJ Pinehurst. Haley, am I a walking PR nightmare? No. It's fine, right? It's fine. I really liked uh, Future Man. I saw that Oh, thank you. We're just about to start season two on that. Um, And it's going to be totally crazy. Yeah, give a, can you give a little background for people who Future Man is a show on Hulu our first season came out at the end of last year and it is still available on Hulu um, Josh Hutcherson plays a uh, loser janitor in a medical facility by day but at night he's a top ranked gamer and people from the future contact him through the game telling him that he has to stop me and Keith David who are scientists at the medical facility from curing herpes because once we do that it starts a chain reaction that uh, causes the apocalypse so wow. he has to 
so I should that. be proud. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Saving the world. Um, but uh, we have episodes in the 60s and the 40s and the future and the 80s. And it's just, it's a really adventurous, funny show. Um, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg uh, are producers on it. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's just a blast. And season two is, is going to be even crazier than the first one. So. That's great. Yeah. And then what else do you have going on? Uh, what's coming out recently? That's I mean, basically going to be working. my summer. That's going to be, uh, I just did an episode of the X-Files that came out a little while ago. Oh, and I did a film. Oh, no, I'm remembering. <laughs> I'm remembering. I'm, I'm an uh, actor. My name's it's Haley. It's been a crazy year. Like I was working in Cincinnati for a little bit. I was working in Bakersfield for a little bit. But, oh, you, know, you had a film at Sundance, right? Yeah, that's a film yeah. called Clara's Ghost that uh, Bridie Elliott wrote and directed, and it stars her whole family and me um, on one... Whoa. Virginia Wolf style uh, crazy drunken dinner at their house in Connecticut where was this that family has a meltdown. No, they. I, I worked with uh, her sister on a film <laughs> five years ago. Uh, my friend wrote that movie, and then they later got married. So it's a really fun sort of community that came out of that experience. How do you act drunk? Um, I mean, it's practice. Um, <laughs> 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 that that one, I I forget. Some great actor said this. I can't remember who, but they were like, "The drunk is not trying to act drunk; they're trying to act sober." So Ooh. the effort has to be more towards trying to keep it together in the scene than it is towards looking sloppy. Oh, that's smart. Those really good performances where people have done that. Uh, I think that's what they're up to. Um, Any other yeah. acting advice tidbits? It's you know it's sort of different from from movie to movie. The the motto for me was something my dad told me. He he uh, was a theater actor and ran a theater here on Santa Monica Boulevard in the eighties. Um, cool. Was just that uh, acting is believing. It's that simple. If you Whoa. get to that point where you believe that you're the person and you're in that situation and everything falls into place. So that's the that's the uh, you know course record we're always trying to get to throughout right. our whole lives. Does yeah. that ever apply to your golf game? Have you tried to... Believe that I'm a good golfer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that happens on a scramble. We played this... Yeah. this oh, it was a shamble this weekend. And I played way better than I have been recently. And it's like, oh, because you have the confidence of like, well, this doesn't matter. Like, right. I don't have to play this ball. Right. And then it turns into a good shot. And you're like, oh, that's a lesson for how to, to play each round is to not care about golf it. Golf has built into yeah. it so many crazy lessons that you no one can tell you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's so crazy. Yeah. What a wonderful game. Oh, I wanted to mention before I forget, because yeah. uh, I have to remind myself to bring these up. <laughs> I just did a film that Edward James almost uh, directed um, called The Devil Has a Name with David Strathairn, Martin Sheen, and Alfred Molina. Oh. About a, yeah, that was that was crazy. Whoa. Um, about an oil company, a true story about an oil company that uh, made the groundwater radioactive in the San Joaquin Valley Damn. and was sued by the uh, some almond farmers up there. Uh, that's going to be really fun. Um, and what's it, what's your character? I'm a, uh, an asshole lawyer, uh, for the, or not a lawyer, but a, uh, kind of a PR man for, for the oil company. Okay. And, do, uh, do you like that kind of role? Yeah. And <laughs> when I did the entourage movie a couple of years ago, that was like the first like huge asshole I had played. And that it's funny when you do something like that and it's like, Oh, like then people are like, Oh, I can see you as that all of a right. sudden. So right. it became a string of those things. And the future man character in parts of season one, because Time travel is involved, so I play like different versions of myself. But there's a huge asshole plot line for me in that one. That's fun. Right. Um, and then we were talking about Greatest Showman. Um, uh, Zac Efron is playing Ted Bundy in a movie called Extremely Wicked and Incredibly Vile. Oh wow! Um, and that should be coming out towards the end of the year, and that was pretty fun. And what'd you do on that? I played the nicer boyfriend. I.e., he didn't wasn't a serial killer of. Um, <laughs> 
Ted Bundy's first wife who wrestled with whether she believed he did it or not, uh, all the way up until his execution. Why do I feel like you're wearing glasses in that role? Is uh, it, is it no, true? no, no, I, I could have. have. Yeah. In Future Man, there's a there's a part where I do, but yeah, those are fun. the The thing about props, though, like that, is you're like, oh, it'd be so funny if I had a like hilarious mustache in this movie, and then you're like, oh, I gotta get it glued on every morning, every and day, ripped off every night. So yeah, <laughs> that that must come into play a lot for you. Like the logistics of movie making is it's very it goes very deep. It does, yeah. yeah. And then and yeah, it's like maintaining a look for a for a movie, and and when you shoot things out of order keeping the continuity of things in your head about what you knew at what point and oh, in what no. scenes. And that's, that's a big part of the study that you have to do and, and, and the rehearsal you have to do. Can the director usually help you with that? Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. even the script supervisor, which is a very important job yeah, of like, saying like, yeah, you didn't, you didn't have this scar on your hand at that point or right. things like that. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a team effort. A lot of people love those continuity errors. Oh my God, on IMDb. I'd I was like, did it. you even watch the movie? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. like you're trying to correct me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, in The Godfather, James Conn whiffs on that guy when he punches it. Like, a complete, right. there's daylight in between them, and it doesn't matter. It's yeah. a great movie. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the cool things about movies. You just have yeah. to believe. Yeah. You just got to walk in and be like, I'm watching a fucking movie. And that I'll find when I, and I don't generally like reading reviews of any movies. Um, even though I know there's good writing out there because when it gets to the nitpicky stuff, it's just like, I liked it. I'm, I'm in, I'm, yeah. I'm in for the ride on this. Like I, you know, I can't tear this movie down. I just like it. <laughs> right. Do you like trailers? No. Me too. Thank you. Cause you, you learn, even if you don't realize it consciously, certain images come up and you're like, Oh, well at some point I'm going to see this person, yeah. you know, shooting this other guy with a yeah. shotgun. So that's ruined. And by now the trailers are what? Two and a half minutes. Yeah. So you're going to get eight of the best jokes. And it's the same beats too. It's yeah. the same boom that comes yeah. in. Like, <laughs> like it's in a so world. boring to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but same narrator every trailer. Yeah, it really is. I think that's fed into movies that are my favorites because I had, I didn't know practically anything about Boogie Nights. Didn't know anything about Children of Men. Right. Hadn't even seen the poster and went into that totally oh, that's cold. Good. And that was one of my favorite movie going experiences because I right. you know, didn't have any uh, uh, idea of where it was going. Yeah. Uh, what do people not know about you? Ooh. Uh, they know a lot about me. <laughs> 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 I haven't hid too much. I was going to, uh, when I went to college and studied experimental theater, I was also trying to double major in history. And that Whoa. was going to be the other thing I wanted to do. And then I was doing the math. I was like, I'm going to be in college for like <laughs> 10 years. So I should <laughs> give up this dream. <laughs> did you, <laughs> did you, um, what were you gonna do with history though? Um, like be a teacher advocacy and stuff like right. that. I mean, at that, at that point I was a little bit more optimistic about things in the middle East and, uh, Right now, I don't feel like I could even help. <laughs> but you like to travel, yeah, I do. And so, what, what's what's yet? What what's your next? What what have you not done so far that you want to do? In in terms of places to go, travel, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I've done a lot of travel to to cities and yeah. things like that. I want to do more. Like I've, um, I I shot a pilot in South Africa uh, two years ago, and all the cast was like, "Oh, if we get picked up, we'll come back and we'll do the." Um, Kruger National Park. We'll go camp Whoa. there for two weeks, and we didn't get picked up, unfortunately. So we didn't do that. So but, you need to go yeah. back on your own dime. Yeah, I got to like, go back yeah. and do that. But that's sort of outdoorsy stuff because, I mean, tying back to our predictions of the future, it feels like a lot of that stuff is going to disappear, you know, right. in our lifetimes. So you got to see it before it's gone. Yeah. yeah. Have you done much travel? Have you driven across country and like done a lot of American travel? I've, I've done a lots of. Tra- Some of my favorite trips, though, were I was unable to do uh, a study abroad. 
<clears throat> um, in college, um, cause I'm working during the oh. summer. Um, but my friends went and did like one friend did a year in Ghana. My other friend did a year in Argentina. So I made like month long trips to go see them and we just ambled around. Doing oh, that's whatever. rad. And that was, yeah, that was the best. Man, I that's went so to, cool. went to Iceland and traveled the ring road where you just drive the circumference of the country and you can just sleep on the side of the road in the summer. There's nobody there and it's, you know, pleasant temperatures all the time. So. How long does that take? We did it in like a week and a half. I was thinking there's a lot of good golf there. Really? Yeah, I think Iceland has some pretty good golf. So I was oh, thinking man. of doing like an adventure in golf where you just do like a lap. Oh, that's know. what you do. Yeah, it's just like yeah. Highway 1 and you just go around. Yeah. And, and the landscape changes so dramatically like every few hours. Where oh, that's so cool. Everything is green, then everything is black, like black mountains. It looks like, you know, uh, uh, black sand beaches and everything. And yeah. then glaciers and stuff. It's an incredible place. Travel really does teach you something. Kind of like golf, you know, travel and golf. Like, it's like those are your only teachers, I think, for me. They're, they're some, they've taught me more than anything else. Absolutely. Yeah, the people you meet and, and just... Living in New York City was was sort of a small version of this, where uh, you just sort of learn how to get along with a wide variety of people, and that's right. really useful to you in, in in a lot of situations. Well, a movie set too. I mean, oh yeah, you know, it's hard to be a no person and get <laughs> yeah. hired again. At least, exactly. Do you yeah. think that comes in a lot as far as like workability? Uh, oh yeah, get, like how well you get along with people. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I've been really lucky. I've had no notable experiences with anybody where it was like a trouble to work with them. Or, sure. And and I think that had an influence on me because I, you know, got to work. You know, Steven Spielberg being as as, as open and and great a guy as he was, and all these actors that I work with being so generous in in you know helping me as a kid you know learn what I was doing and everything. I think that really set the tone for me for for the way I want to be. Yeah, it's a pretty good role models. Yeah. Pretty legendary role models. So the, the directing thing, are you going to write it or what are you going to, you going to find? Yeah, I wrote a lot in college and, uh, have just been trying to find the right time and place to do it. I yeah. think that's like next for me. Like, it's like, well, how do you pause the button? Like there's so yeah. much shit going on in your life. It's true. Yeah. It's, and you gotta be the sort of person who's able to multitask and I'm learning how to do that better every day. Right. Right. <laughs> that's why I got to quit Twitter. <laughs> yeah. The, Twitter is a multitask. It's like, it takes it all up for you. Yeah. And what do you got, Jeff? I feel like you got a question. Uh, oh, well, I also really like to roll on Silicon Valley. Do you oh, watch thank Silicon you. Valley? I have. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Those guys are great. Yeah, it like was a funny show. Branching into these comedy roles lately, which it's, is a lot of fun. It's been, I feel really lucky for doing that. It's been such a, a great time for comedy. And like, I got to work on uh, the Comedy Bang Bang show for a while. And like, the, the, those guys work so hard because they tour and they do those podcasts and like they, they do like two of those comedy bang bang podcasts every week. And it's just like, wow, I have to raise my game to <laughs> put out that much, <laughs> that much work. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Do they edit it? No. It's unedited. And it's, and it's two hours of improv. That's always funny. Like it's Whoa. always, it's always good. <laughs> like, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, that's really hard good. to commit to. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we're pretty good. Do you have any questions, Haley? When are we playing? Uh, right now. <laughs> like right now. Stay in, it stays light late Anytime. these days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They had the LPGA tournament this weekend. Oh, cool. At Wilshire. So yeah. they're actually well, we'll, close we'll today. Come play, come play uh, my course. Uh, <laughs> come play my course. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's cool, man. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you, man. It's nice and, talking um, to you guys. Where can people follow you on Instagram or wherever, Twitter? On Instagram, I am HJ Osment. And on Twitter, I'm Haley Joel Osment. Okay, so great. That's me. Don't mix it up. Don't mix it up. Don't Pe- mix it up. People do. They do. People do. Remember that blue badge would be the, a, Yeah. 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 <laughs> Look for the blue badge. Right. Even though some pretty scary people have it now on Twitter. <laughs> man, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, it's a funny thing. is like uh, the the... the 
you see people with the blue badge being like, this is an impersonator. Don't follow them. And you're like, well, they're just posting the same shit as you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great like, scam to pull where it is you and you do have the blue badge. You're like, no, from some other unbadged account. Right. Imposter. <laughs> right. Or I'm like, I'm like, uh, POTUS is impersonating me. Uh, I don't know what this account is. <laughs> Report them. Wouldn't that be a twist if yeah. it wasn't him the entire time? <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. All right. And with that, we're out. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you, guys.